Welcome to my first Ask Me Anything of 2023. I hope you're having a great start to the new year. I hope you're still on holidays and you're clinging on to that holiday glow. I'm certainly trying to, although already I'm feeling the year ramping up on me. But I've got some great questions and it's been great to have you guys connecting with me over summer. I've been a little slower on Instagram as I've been enjoying some family time, but if I'm not posting, I'm always reading and apologies if I haven't responded to you fast enough. But I've got some great questions today, so I think I'm pretty much going to dive straight in there. And I'm just hoping that while you're listening to this, you're sunning yourself on a beach somewhere or maybe getting organized in the house. But the reality is you're probably sitting on the bus on the way to work or out for a jog. But look, wherever you are, thank you for tuning in. And I hope that you are having a good start to the year. All right. So my first question comes from Katie W. Power walking is something I love and I know I can do. Great. Excellent. I love power walking too. But I would like to level it up a little bit. What are your suggestions? Look, Katie, I'm loving that you recognize that this is an activity that you know you can do it on a regular basis because that's great. I'd rather you do that than say, I'm going to throw in the towel and join a gym and then, you know, never stick to it for whatever reason. And I also love any exercise that gets us outdoors and if possible in nature. But you are right. Very quickly, our bodies become adapted to walking. And that's not to say it's not healthy because I can tell you if you didn't walk in 12 months time, you'd be a much less healthier person. But yes, we do need to try to level it up a little bit. And I've got some suggestions for you without breaking the bank and making it too hard. The obvious one is to break into a jog. But for some of us, jogging doesn't agree with us. We might have dodgy knees, dodgy ankles, dodgy hips. We might be carrying, if you're carrying more than about 5 or 10% of your body weight, jogging's not great straight away. I say that with a caveat because it really does depend on the individual, but certainly don't be a hero and go from never jogging to jogging 5Ks because you no doubt will get injured. But what you can do is build up to accumulating 10 minutes within your, say, 45-minute or hour-long walk. So how that works, you just might pick a lamppost and you might jog from this lamppost to that lamppost. And then the next time you jog, you jog that little bit further. So it's just that accumulating up to 10 minutes. So that's one thing. If you can do it, please do. But it's all about trying to increase your anaerobic threshold during that workout. So your anaerobic threshold is the point at which you stop using oxygen as your main source of fuel and you start using blood glucose, muscle glycogen, creatine phosphate, which are all these great elements within your body that you are using for energy. So aerobic threshold is when you can hold a conversation. So if we're going for a walk, we can chit chat, no problem. When you're in that anaerobic threshold where you're starting to get really puffed, I might be able to say, yeah, yeah, I had a great day yesterday. But then you can't say much more than that. You can't say more than a sentence or two. And then if you're completely in the anaerobic state, you will barely be able to talk. So that's when you may be sprinting, et cetera. So you want to be trying to get your walks in that anaerobic threshold for around 10 to 15 minutes. So is it stairs? Is it hills? Power walking up the hills, doing some stair repeats that will help you do that. But the other thing that you can sometimes be missing out on when you're out for a power walk is this all important resistance training or strength training. Now, strength training is so important for health. 
So important for healthy hormones. So important for brain elasticity, believe it or not, as well. So if you're out for a power walk, my suggestion is what I call the park bench workout. So basically somewhere along your walk, I'm sure you're going to walk past a park bench. And it's really simple. It takes about 10 minutes. You're going to do three rounds, 12 reps of the following. You're going to do park bench push-ups. So that's where you put your hands on the back of the bench and you're essentially doing an elevated push-up. So you're pushing up so boobs down to the back of the bench and you're pushing up and down. 12 reps. Then you'll go to the front of the bench and you'll sit on the bench, essentially just like you were sitting waiting for the bus. And you do tricep dips, 12 of those. Then you stand to the side of the bench and you may need to hold the bench for a bit of support where you will do squats. You'll do 10 squats. Or if you want to level it up even more, you would do 10 lunges on each side. And then you do bicycle crunches. Okay, now what bicycle crunches are is you sit back on the bench again, just like you're going to do your dips again, but you just lean backwards slightly and you lift one foot off the floor and you tap your elbow to the knee of the foot. So you're essentially doing what's called an elevated bicycle crunch. And it means you don't have to lay on the dirty ground, but you can still get some abs in there. So push-ups to dips to lunges or squats and back to bicycle crunches. Three rounds of anywhere between 10 to 12 reps and just keep going without stopping and then continue on your power walk. And then you get great resistance training in there as well. So that's a few ways to level up that power walk, break into a jog, use hills or stairs on repeat. You want to accumulate 10 to 15 minutes of that higher intensity anaerobic threshold. And then you want to add the resistance training in as well. Let me know how you go, Katie. Great question. Okay, next question comes from Lauren Morris. I've heard you're running a detox. Yes, I am. So excited. I'm starting mine at the end of January, but you can start any time in January, February, or even later than that, but I'm really promoting it through Jan and Feb. I've heard you're running a detox, but I'm dubious as to if detoxes really work. Can you shed some more light on how they might benefit me? Great question, because no, <laughs> detoxes don't really work. So why am I running one then? No, I'll reframe. As a nutritionist, and you'll probably see out in the media a little bit the question, you know, do detoxes work? And the truth be told is our bodies are very, very good at detoxing themselves. So when we think of a detox and we're purifying our body and we're eliminating it of all these toxins, it's not exactly accurate. I mean, if we truly were toxic, we'd be in hospital right now. But our kidneys and liver do a great job of detoxifying. But the reason why I love doing a detox and running detoxes with my clients is really more so, honestly, for the mindset shift and the reset of refocusing on our health and what we put in our mouth. Because doing a 14-day whole food detox really does refocus you on what to eat. You're eliminating a bunch of foods just for the 14 days. So meat, dairy, gluten, excess sugar. There's a few things we're eliminating in there, but what we are ramping up is that whole food. So lots of fruit and veggies, lots of fiber, lots of really healthy low GI grains as well. So you are just refocusing on to immune boosting foods, antioxidant rich foods, eliminating some of the other foods, certainly eliminating those highly processed foods, alcohol, caffeine, we're eliminating as well. So I guess you know, the real benefit here is that refocus, 
that adding these nutrient-rich foods with pre and probiotics, it's very hydrating. I've got some supplements that are optional as well that we take too. And sleeping and resting because I do encourage during that 14 days that we just take it really easy. Be nice on yourself, read more, be kind to yourself. And I know that my clients always get amazing results. Not only do they lose a little bit of weight, although that's not the real reason, they have much clearer minds. They feel more mentally and emotionally level, less mood swings, and just overall feel much healthier. The glowing skin, the hair, the nails, you just feel great. That's why I keep doing it. (laughs) So yeah, check out the show notes and I'll pop a link in there. And I've also got a special offer for my listeners, 20% off. As you check out, just pop in the code AP20 and you will get that 20% discount. Okay, on to our final question. Julie Shepard, are you a believer in New Year's resolutions? It's been a few years, but I'm feeling like I want to get refocused on my health. Love some tips to stick to them. Thanks. Ah, the New Year's resolutions. Do you like them? Do you love them? Do you know I did one one year that I made a pact not to get a parking fine? That was my resolution because I don't even want to count, but it was in the thousands the year before. I had so many parking fines. I just had one of those shockers of a year. And, you know, I stuck to it. It was before kids, more than 10 years ago now, but I remember I actually stuck to it. Every time I parked the car, I put in the right amount of money. I went out and moved the car. So there you go. That worked for me. (laughs) I'm sure that there's a lot of fouled ones in there as well, but that one I clearly remember being successful. For me, rather than setting resolutions, I'm a big goal setter. Now, you might want to go back and listen to my New Year's message just last week because I spoke a bit about setting up goals and how I like to set up goals with myself and my clients, especially around those health goals. But I love setting goals. Some people say, oh, but aren't you setting yourself up for failure if you don't achieve them? Look, I think as long as you don't get too hung up on not achieving them, I find if I've set 10 goals and I've only achieved three of them, well, then that's still an achievement. And often you're well on your way, even if you haven't fully ticked that off. And for me, I just love ticking off goals when I have achieved them. So I definitely think it's beneficial and I see it in my clients as well. I think it's important to remember that the goals you set must be achievable. Got to think about the long game here. For example, if you've hardly exercised and then you're going to set yourself a goal of exercising six days a week, that's not going to be achievable. That's not realistic. That's something that's sustainable for you. But maybe two early morning workouts is, and maybe that's a good goal to have and a platform to set yourself up for. It's the same with the 10,000 steps. It'd be great to get you 10,000 steps every day, but maybe just setting it at three days a week is a perfect goal. So just make sure those goals are achievable. Don't forget as well, when it comes to resolutions or goals, we fall in and out of habits. They ebb and flow. Seasons change, school holidays come and go, jobs change. I feel like a really good time to reset those habits and goals is in those chapter changes throughout the year. Now, as a parent, for me, it's all around school holidays. And so that's why I'm really excited in this January period to really 
focus on those goals and have that season change and then use the terms throughout the year as those bite-sized chunks. Because what I like to do is even though you might have a term, goes for anywhere from nine to 12 weeks, you chunk it down. So it might be if you're just getting into new habits, you might be setting these two-week targets for yourself. Okay, I'm going to do my 10,000 steps three days a week and I'm going to do it for the next two weeks. And then you might set yourself a little prize. It might be going and getting your nails done or booking in a massage or something psychologically that is a reward for that two weeks. But if you're a pretty habitual person, I am, I tend to set them in eight-week chunks. So I'll be like, okay, I'm going to up my CrossFit by two days a week because my strength has been lacking a bit. This is a true story, by the way. I want to increase my CrossFit from two days a week to four days a week for this first term of the year. And I'm really going to focus on my strength for that. But then I know I've got some half marathons coming up in the second half of the year. So I will shift those eight-week focus points. But if you're new and just getting back into it, stick to those two-week chunks because they're short-term enough that they will keep you focused. And I honestly also, Julie, recommend setting a significant amount of time in this January period. It might be half a day. It may even be a full day to really sit down and set yourself up for that successful year. And listen to last week's episode where I speak about some of the key habits that you can do in that half to a full day to just plan out. Because that little bit of time now at the start of the year will set you up and be so much better for you when life gets really, really busy. As we know, it always does. So I hope that's a few uh, pointers for you, Julie, Lauren and Katie. And for the rest of my listeners, keep your questions coming and I will see you back in the booth very soon. 